0: What's up world, I'm Cameron McKinney and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movie Oppenheimer. Here's a quick synopsis. Physicist J. Robert Oppenheimer is chosen by Lieutenant Leslie Groves to lead the Manhattan Project to develop what would eventually become the atomic bomb, and in the years after, Oppenheimer has to deal with fame, people second-guessing him in the aftermath of the bomb. The film stars Cillian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., Emily Blunt, Matt Damon, Florence Pugh, Josh Hartnett... Alden Ehrenreich, Benny Safdie, Rami Malik, Casey Affleck, Kenneth Brana, David Crumultz, Matthew Modine. Tom Conti, Jason Clarke, Dane DeHaan, and Gary Oldman. Standout performances. In the beginning of his career, Killian Murphy was given leading roles, most notably in Danny Boyle's 28 Days Later in Sunshine and Wes Craven's Red Eye. Then he became mostly known as a supporting actor in Christopher Nolan-directed films Batman Begins, where he plays Jonathan Crane, aka Scarecrow. He also has cameos in The Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises, reprograms that role, Inception and Dunkirk in recent years, he's been in A Quiet Place Part 2, and The Party, I believe the thing that re-established Murphy as a viable leading man was the hit British series. Peaky Blinders, where he plays conflicted gangster Tommy Shelby. It's not hyperbole to say this is one of the best performances in recent TV history. With Oppenheimer, his sixth film with Christopher Nolan, he takes center stage as the titular Oppenheimer, a complicated historical figure to say the least. He's for the most part the smartest guy in the room. He's a man who clearly loves his country but is conflicted to what he's brought into the world, killing and Murphy in my opinion gives the best lead performance in a Christopher Nolan movie which I'm pleasantly surprised by not because I didn't believe in Murphy but because of the last few films Nolan has made Dunkirk and Tenet Nolan has seemed disinterested in his leading characters. He's always been a director where it's more about the plot than the characters that is not the case with Oppenheimer it's a character study on one of the world's most famous scientists Here's what Christopher Nolan told Total Film about casting Killian Murphy and Oppenheimer. Quote I've always known since I first met him, however, many years ago now, almost 20 years, that he is one of the great actors, not just of his generation, but of all time. I've been waiting for the project. I know he was too, where we can collaborate with him as the lead, and I could put the most enormous weight, cinematic weight, on his shoulders and watch him carry that burden. It was such a thrill to be able to call Killian and say, this is it. For me personally, I was most impressed with Murphy standing his ground against acting titans like Gary Oldman and Kenneth Branagh. And the scenes between him and Tom Conti playing Albert Einstein are fantastic. They are the only two people on the planet who understood what the other had been through. And Einstein knew what Oppenheimer was about to go through. Robert Downey Jr. has really had two different movies. careers: One as a serious dramatic actor with 1992's Chaplin, where he received his first Oscar nomination, 2000's Wonder Boys, 2007's Zodiac, and 2014's The Judge. And one as a massive movie star by playing Tony Stark, aka Iron Man, nine times and Detective Sherlock Holmes twice. Oppenheimer is a much needed reminder that Downey Jr. is one of our finest actors. What happened with him being only only known for playing Iron Man is exactly what happened with Johnny Depp playing Captain Jack Sparrow. In Oppenheimer, Downey Jr. plays Lewis Strauss, who was clearly blatantly jealous of Oppenheimer and all scientists for that matter after Murphy he gives the second best performance in the movie the one-sided rivalry between Strauss and Oppenheimer is one of the biggest elements of the movie here's what Christopher Nolan had to say on the happy sad confused podcast about Downey's performance in Oppenheimer quote it's really cool to see somebody who's achieved so much greatness as a movie star then pivot completely and stretch themselves in a way that a lot of people haven't seen him do Downey will next star in the TV series The Sympathizer, his first television role since Ally McBeal in the Adam McKay movie Average Height Average Build with Robert Pattinson, Amy Adams, Forrest Whitaker, and Daniel Deadweiler in a remake of Alfred Hitchcock's Vertigo. Emily Blunt, for a while now, has been one of my favorite actresses. She's been consistently brilliant for years with The Devil Wears Prada, The Young Victoria, Your Sister's Sister, Looper, Edge of Tomorrow, Into the Woods, Cario, A Quiet Place, Mary Poppins Returns, and even Jungle Cruise. Oppenheimer is her first film with writer-director Christopher Nolan, and she's brilliant playing Kitty Oppenheimer, particularly in the last half of the movie. She has a couple of the best scenes of her career. Her and Killian Murphy had previously worked together on A Quiet Place Part 2. The two have fantastic chemistry. Blunt will next star in David Yates' Pain Hustlers with Chris Evans and The Fall Guy from director David Leitch with Ryan Gosling. It's not a coincidence that Emily Blunt has given three of my favorite performances working with the likes of Ryan Johnson, Denis Villeneuve, and now Christopher Nolan. When she works with top-notch directors, she is at the top of her game. And speaking of directors, here's a list of great filmmakers Matt Damon has worked with. Francis Ford Coppola on The Rainmaker, Gus Van Sant on Goodwill Hunting, and... Anthony Magela on Talented Mr. Ripley, Steven Spielberg on Saving Private Ryan, Steven Soderbergh on Ocean's Eleven, and many other films. Martin Scorsese on The Departed, Clint Eastwood on Invictus, the Coen Brothers on True Grit, Ridley Scott on The Martian and The Last Duel, James Mangold on Ford v Ferrari, and Christopher Nolan on Interstellar and now Oppenheimer. In Oppenheimer, he plays Leslie Groves, who recruited Oppenheimer to the Manhattan Project. I love Damon in this. He's a great leading man, obviously, but he's also so good in supporting roles. He's surprisingly really funny in this film as well. Matt Damon has had an incredible 2023 with a great leading performance in Ben Affleck's Air and now a great supporting turn in Oppenheimer. Damon, for my money, is on the best run of his career. Here's a list of his last six movies. In 2019, he starred in Ford v. Ferrari with Christopher Nolan. In 2021, he had a supporting role in Soderbergh's No Sudden Move, just an incredible eight-minute monologue, and that same year he was in Stillwater in one of his best leading performances and The Last Duel, and now 2023, he has Air and Oppenheimer. Damon will next star in Doug Lyman's The Instigators, another Boston-based film, and have a supporting role in Ethan Coen's Driveaway Dolls. There's been a real mixed reaction of Florence Pugh as Gene Whitlock, Oppenheimer's on-again-off-again love interest. And because of Nolan's past with underdeveloped female characters, I understand the pushback. But if this is a real portrayal, and if this was factual, then this is who she is. And I walked away impressed with Pew, especially during a scene where she demands Oppenheimer to tell her what he is working on. I love that, like Matt Damon, Pew is seeking out great filmmakers. She's now work with Ari Aster, Greta Gerwig, Christopher Nolan, and Denis Villeneuve on the upcoming Dune Part 2. She's also set to star with Andrew Garfield on We Live in Time, directed by Brooklyn director John Crowley. There are two actors in Oppenheimer who were both deemed as big-time future movie stars. Josh Hartnett, who broke out in Sofia Coppola's The Virgin Suicides and starred in massive blockbuster movies like Michael Bay's Pearl Harbor and Ridley Scott's Black Hawk Down, and Alden Ehrenreich, who for me was the best part of the Cohen Brothers film Hail Caesar, he was the co-lead of Warren Beatty's Rules Don't Apply, and of course played Han Solo in Solo, A Star Wars Story, and for whatever reasons, these two have not been as big as many predicted, but Oppenheimer taps into their star potential, Ehrenreich shares his scenes with Robert Downey Jr. as someone who is with him, but isn't Buying what he's selling, and Hartnett plays Ernest Lawrence, one of Oppenheimer's closest friends and colleagues. This year, Hartnett was also very good in Guy Ritchie's Operation Fortune, Ruse de Guerre, and Aaron Reich was the best part of Elizabeth Banks's Cocaine Bear. Two films that I talked about on this podcast go back into the archives to hear my reviews. Aaron Reich will next star in the movie Foul Play with Bridgerton star Phoebe Dinavar and and the Marvel Disney Plus series Ironheart with Dominique Thorne and Anthony Ramos. The last two performances from Oppenheimer I want to talk about come from Oscar winner Rami Malek and Jason Clarke. First with Malek, I have liked his post-Bohemian Rhapsody career more than most, which includes The Little Things and No Time to Die, both in 2021, David O. Russell's Amsterdam in 2022. In Oppenheimer, for a while, you're wondering, what is Rami Malek doing in the back. Of this movie, and then suddenly he gets a big moment and takes full advantage of it. I love that he was willing to play a small but pivotal role in a Nolan movie. He's way too interesting to just play leading roles. Then with Jason Clark, you may not know his name, but he is a great actor and has done his best work in period pieces. 2017's Chappaquiddick, where he plays Senator Ted Kennedy, 2018's First Man, where he plays astronaut Ed. White, the HBO series Winning Time, where he plays legendary basketball player Jerry West, the logo, and in Oppenheimer he plays Roger Robb, who is running the hearings to attempt to take away Oppenheimer's security clearance. Malick's next movie is The Amateur, with Rachel Brosnahan and Katrina Balf and Clark will star in a sequel to Taylor Sheridan's Wind River, Wind River, the next chapter, and the next film from director William Friedkin called The Kane Muni court-martial. Writer-director Christopher Nolan became well-known for making big tentpole movies, The Dark Knight Trilogy, Inception, Interstellar, Tenet. What he's also done recently is make historical epics, Dunkirk and now Oppenheimer, and this has been something only the very best directors have been able to pull off, making history feel entertaining, informative, and cinematic. Other examples include Steven Spielberg, who made Schindler's List, Saving Private Ryan and Lincoln, Spike Lee who made Malcolm X, and the one who Nolan and Oppenheimer have been compared to the most, Oliver Stone and JFK. JFK, like Oppenheimer, is a movie filled with movie stars. Kevin Costner, Tommy Lee Jones, Donald Sutherland, Joe Pesci, Kevin Bacon, Gary Oldman, who of course is also in Oppenheimer, Sissy Spacek, Laurie Metcalf, Jack Lemmon, and Walter Matthau. The other big similarities between between JFK and Oppenheimer is despite both being heavily reliant on dialogue, they are both endlessly thrilling. Not to mention the hearings in Oppenheimer make it at times feel like a courtroom drama like JFK. Speaking to Oppenheimer specifically, I was blown away by the breakneck pace of it. It's incredible and it doesn't waste a moment. Every scene has a purpose. One thing that's very good in Oppenheimer and all of Christopher Nolan's films is the brilliant structure of the movie. Itself. He knows people don't want to see a standard movie. They want something that feels like something they've never seen before. The multiple timelines and the going back and forth between color and black and white were seamless and only added to the experience of the film. Oppenheimer also has me rethinking my views on Christopher Nolan. I love his films, and there have been great performances in his movies but I never viewed him as an actor-director. But man, this movie is proof that he cares about performances. Steven Spielberg is similar in that he's not viewed as an actor's director, yet any actor will do anything for him. No one has long been compared to Stanley Kubrick. I feel as though he just has as many similarities as Spielberg, and like Spielberg, goes back and forth between original blockbusters and historical epics. Oppenheimer is the first first movie Christopher Nolan has made not with Warner Brothers since insomnia more than 20 years ago. And the reason for that is the director despised the day-and-day release strategy the studio had during the pandemic. Here's what Nolan himself told The Hollywood Reporter, quote, some of our industry's biggest filmmakers and most important movie stars went to bed the night before thinking they were working for the greatest movie studio and woke up to find out they were working for the worst streaming service. It's kind of hard to argue with Nolan especially what has happened since I mean so many movies recently have been removed from HBO Max this was a big win for Universal getting Christopher Nolan now Universal has Jordan Peele and Christopher Nolan for my money two of the top five best directors working today box office the big question everyone had was could two movies in this case Oppenheimer and Barbie thrive at the box office during the same day in the answer is clearly yes. Oppenheimer made 80 million dollars domestically during its opening free day weekend, the 11th highest all-time for an R-rated film, and the highest post the pandemic. Worldwide, the movie opened to 174 million dollars. It's worth noting the movie only cost the studio 100 million dollars. When you see the name Christopher Nolan attached to something, you should immediately believe that movie is going to be a hit. How many times can we act surprised? People were surprised about Dunkirk. It ended up being a hit. Tenet during the pandemic made more money than it should have at that point. At the end of its box office run, Oppenheimer has the potential to make just as much money as Inception did. I mean, do you remember how big the movie Inception was, the scale of it, the event of it, everyone talking about Inception? I never in my wildest dreams thought we would have that same reaction to Oppenheimer but clearly tons and tons of people are seeing the movie Oppenheimer and that is a very good thing for moviegoers alike because we want more movies like Oppenheimer and we want Christopher Nolan to continue to get every opportunity to make those kind of movies yes i would love for Christopher Nolan to make a James Bond film that's been discussed again and again and again even though Tenet kind of feels like his version of Of a James Bond movie. I would love for Christopher Nolan to make a Bond movie. That starred Tom Hardy as Bond. And Killian Murphy as a Bond villain. I mean who wouldn't sign up for that. But at the same time. I also want to see him continue to make movies. Like Oppenheimer. Oscar nominations. Christopher Nolan has only been nominated one time. For best director. That's going to change. I also see him getting a best adapted screenplay nomination. On the acting side. Killian Murphy, Robert Downey Jr., and Emily Blunt—it's about time she receives awards recognition. Should be shoo-ins. I believe Matt Damon will either get a lead nomination for Air or a supporting nomination for Oppenheimer. It would be a crime if he got shut out, and I would love for him to get double nominated for Air and Oppenheimer. And finally, I could absolutely see Oppenheimer winning Best Picture. Overall, with Oppenheimer, I'm impressed that Nolan can retain his consistency while still being able to surprise audiences. This is a perfect movie in my humble opinion. The best film no one has made. Not my favorite that's still The Dark Knight. I still love Inception. I can't wait to watch Oppenheimer for a second time. It's Nolan's best acted movie. I hope he makes countless more films with Killian Murphy in a leading role. That is one of the more exciting things about this movie to see where these actors go from here is Oppenheimer the 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 rebirth of Robert Downey Jr. Will he continue to be in challenging films like Oppenheimer? And for Killian Murphy, will this performance give him more opportunities to play leading roles? I, for one, would love a sequel to 28 Days Later. I mean, who wouldn't want that sequel? Danny Boyle reuniting with Alex Garland, reuniting with Killian Murphy. That's a film I desperately want to see. I want that movie to happen. There are also actors in this movie movie I would love for Christopher Nolan to work with again, Rami Malek. Like, I would love to see Rami Malek as the lead of a Christopher Nolan movie. I really do believe that that Oscar winner has become somewhat underrated, and it's always fascinating to see what Christopher Nolan does next. Will he make another big event movie like Tenet, or will he continue to make historical epics? I, for one, would love to see his Howard Hughes movie that was going to star Jim Carrey. Like, like that feels like the perfect ending to Jim Carrey's career. Him being the lead of a Christopher Nolan movie. There are also some actors who haven't worked with Christopher Nolan in a while. That I would like to see him reconnect with. Like Christian Bale. We need to get Christian Bale in another Christopher Nolan film. Again, I want to see Tom Hardy. I want to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt work with Christopher Nolan again. I want to see a second movie between Leonardo DiCaprio and Christopher Nolan. Nolan has proven he can work with any major movie star, and then there are movie stars he is yet to work with. Like, could you imagine Brad Pitt in a Christopher Nolan movie? Like I said before, I walked into Oppenheimer thinking that Christopher Nolan views his lead characters as the least important things in his movies. I mean, the main character of Tenet is called the protagonist. Now I've walked out of Oppenheimer and I now view him as an actor's director, somebody who cares about leading performances. Yes, when he's dealing with crazy sci-fi, it's a lot of fun, but I loved him dealing with a real world matter, and that the movie was more about the person J. Robert Oppenheimer than it was about the making of the atomic bomb. After watching Oppenheimer, my Christopher Nolan top five are as followed. The Dark Knight, Oppenheimer, Inception, Dunkirk, and Inner He's my favorite director and he continues to make the very best movies. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney and there'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I highly, highly recommend you check out Oppenheimer. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking about the movie Transformers Rise of the Beast starring Anthony Ramos and Dominique Fishback. So tune into that and please rate review, and subscribe.